Ladies, gentlemen, friends around the world, it is Greg. It is Matt. We are the bottom tier, my friends. Today, we are absolutely thrilled to be coming to you. Uh, well, not quite live. We, we do record these. Uh, but we have today a very special guest. Ladies and gentlemen, he is one of our local players. He is an absolute luminary in the uh, in the community down here in Phoenix, Arizona area. Ladies and gentlemen, please help us welcome Kyle Dockham. Kyle. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thrilled to have you here, man. Thanks for coming down. Well, thanks for the invite. Of course. Uh, we are stoked that you're here because Kyle, Kyle plays the most interesting heroes ever. And one of the best memory that Greg and I share actually about you is we showed up to play uh, our first classic instructor day and we versed you running Kano and we went... Uh, what is this? And then we lost. It was great. It was I, fantastic. I've never seen a wizard before. Yeah, it was great. I wonder how this is going to go. Yeah. Wait, what do you mean that I don't have a turn? Yeah, so it was awesome. That's it's a memory we share is you beat us with Kano, and we're like, this hero's crazy, and is it beatable? And then as we grow older in the place, we go, hey, go, okay, we now know what's going it's on. It's very Kano. beatable, actually. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> you know, everything's possible without arcane barrier. <laughs> True. I don't think we either of us had Arcane Barrier. We did not. We'd literally yeah. been playing for like a week. I don't even think that we knew what Arcane Barrier was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, good job, Kyle. Way to. Oh, thank you. <laughs> way to stop on our hopes and dreams. <laughs> it was very exciting. It was, it was a really great way to start to get wrecked by anybody who possibly could wreck you. Um, so we're we're gonna swing around to uh, to a little bit more of an in depth conversation a little bit later on, but. Uh, Man, it's been an exciting week in the world of flesh and blood. We have some news to talk about. Ooh. Maybe the biggest thing on everybody's mind, at least in the last couple of days, did they miscount Oh yes, Prism's points? What? Have you seen this? You haven't heard about this yet, Kyle? No, I haven't. Oh man, okay. this oh, is nuts. Uh, this just in, Kyle. <laughs> oh man, this is this is this is hot, fresh off the presses. So long story short, um, there's there's a fairly well documented uh, theory right now that uh, that LSS miscounted uh, somebody's win at an event. They said that he, he won with Stravo instead of Prism, which he is what he won with, which would have put Prism up over the Living Legend threshold at this because she, she's only two points away now. His win yeah. would have bumped her into Living Legend already. Yeah. Oh. So somebody went through and was like, actually, this one these points went to Stravo, but it was actually for Prism. There's a huge Twitter thread about it uh, that I shared in uh, our local Discord community, but we also retweeted on our Twitter, so if you mm-hmm. want to go check it out, you can see it there. But it's very fascinating that Prism, technically, would already be living legend with Starvo and Chain if it was for this win. I think it was a win at a... Was it a Road to Nationals? or was it? I think it might have been a Road to Nationals. It was something nationals. like that, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it wasn't like a pro quest or anything. Yeah. But. It must have been a slightly larger event. Yeah, it, it wasn't just like an armory night or anything. It actually had, was something with some teeth. Um, but apparently it would have bumped it up, which, like, let's stop and think about that for a second. If they miscounted this, like, how long ago was it? It was like, it was a bit ago. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. if, if they had actually counted it correctly, what kind of shakeup would we see, like, during this season? Like, I mean, it would be right before the ProQuest, and yeah. it would be totally different. It would be a different one, for oh, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'd see a lot more Guardians run around. All over the place. Yeah, I, I honestly think we'd see more, like, Bravo would be probably the thing that would be, it'd be Viscerai taking over, Bravo would be probably a big fear, because Bravo's really good in the meta right now. Bravo so. really, surprisingly, is uh, is jumping up there. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought that after Starbo got banned, we would kind of see the end of, like, 
him. No. <laughs> oh, no. Bravo's scary, man. I, yeah. The being able to dominate whenever. Right. It's just like, okay, do I go first and he's going to swing big? Or do I go second and he's just going to swing big? You just never know. Yeah. But the thing is, like, they also can choose not to dominate and really disrupt, like, Fi, because Fi's like, I'm not going to take 12 damage right now. I got to block with more cards or anything like that. So it's interesting on what they can do. On It really is. It's, it's good. It's, what blows my mind about this game, like, it's particularly this game, is that stuff from, like, from literally the very first sets, of sets that they released is still, like, not just good, but, like, really good. Yeah. Like, Bravo was literally, like, the first hero, basically. Yeah. And he's still not just viable, but, like winning yeah which is insane like you take like a magic the gathering or like Yu-Gi-Oh or something and you go back like two sets and all of a sudden you're just completely outstripped in the meta so this is i know when a new set comes out for other card games uh they they definitely are like that's the thing you're going to use and like we see that now with uprising like a lot of people are playing fi myself included but it's really nice to be able to have that flexibility with all those heroes and going back to the question what do you think LSS. I don't know if they've come out or said anything. I don't. I didn't see a response. But what do you think that should be done about those points? Do you think anything should be done, or do you think it should just uh, they should give the living legends to prism and say, "Oops, sorry"? Or what do you think should happen? Well, for me at this point, it's it's kind of a lose lose scenario for LSS. Yeah. Either you come out, you take the Mia Culpa, and you say, "Well, we've rebalanced, you know, the scores and everything." And sorry, Lowell Prism is banned now and constructed so all you prison players good luck out there Mm -hmm. and you have a bunch of really high leveled you know really you know competitive people who suddenly have to start scrambling to put together a new deck and all of that sort of thing so that that's a bad look and then if they do nothing with it then i mean it's still a bad look everybody is you know they have their eyes on it now they can see you know this is what's happened and they're not doing anything about it. Oh, this is just, you know, this is another Starvo sort of situation where they're just going to let a thing sit there and do nothing about it. And then when, like, a convenient place opens up, they're going to, you know, take some action, be all self-congratulatory about it. But they're not going to do anything until it's easy for them. So it's kind of a lose-lose. I think at this point, you just you just wash your hands. You say, yeah, we screwed up. Sorry. It's not going to change anything right now, guys. She's two points away. Live with it for one more season. Uh and, and and deal right so i think that's kind of what we're going to look at they haven't said anything yet as far as i'm aware um which leads me to believe that they're just going to stay quiet about it until prism inevitably you know gets bumped yeah so i don't know it's kind, it's kind of a bad situation for everybody for sure i think like i don't know if it's ellis's fault either because like with road to nationals and that stuff it's up to the local game store to be able to to send that out into the system and be able to do that and so it's either a mistype in with like prisms deck list maybe by accident and so like the computer system says like oh starville one and because i don't know how lss like goes through each whatever but i think what counteracts that is kind of the um I think like the star of the show has like a written section about this and people know that that written section is actually about prism instead of starvo. So I think that might be why it got caught is because it was vice versa. So it might've just been a misentry for, for the, like the local game store to be like this person won, but they were using starvo and just mixed both decks. Like up. ultimately I think it definitely just comes down to a misclick or yeah. somebody typed in the wrong thing or something like totally yeah. human mistake. We've all made mistakes like that before. Um, it just 
kind of messes but everything up right I, now. I have like maybe a, I might have a different opinion than most people because I don't honestly like Starvo. From what I understand, I had the blessing of never fighting Starvo. Kyle, you probably got to fight a lot of Starvos. Yeah, I, I mean Starvo. I think the biggest problem with him is his ability to make you think you might be able to win. Having <laughs> <laughs> canonized psyops, good here, way. Yep. Good way to put that. I, I just think like with Starvo, he had such a way of being like everyone played it because it was able to just blow people out of the water really fast. And I think prism is actually more skill based. And I don't think prisons as big as a boogeyman problem as Starvo is. But I think because everyone got used to having a meta of like, Oh, Starvo's the boogeyman prisms, definitely that boogeyman right now for people. And I don't really think prisms like that challenge. Like, I don't think prisms like boogeyman by any means. No, like, like Starvo. I don't get upset when I fight a prism, but I could be wrong too. Well, having never fought a Starvo, I don't think either you or I are really in a position yeah. to be like, oh, another big deal or anything like that. But I've, I've played Prisms before and I've beaten Prisms before and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like mind-blowingly difficult to get a win or two here and there. Um, so, so I feel like it's, you know, it's fine, right? It's not some, you know, huge meta-warping, like, the, the only thing. thing. I, the only thing that Prism could do is like, here is this Guardian and now you just stop your turn because you have to attack it and that's a bummer. Yeah, um, my big conspiracy theory with all of this is, you know, they've changed the format for Worlds, and now they're including Draft and Blitz, mm-hmm. which, if Prism is only banned from CC, um, it kind of opens up those new avenues for Prism players to, like, draft into Prism or player in Blitz, so it's not too much being lost. Yeah. Yeah, like, as, as, as long as you can still play the hero somewhere... Yeah. I don't know that it really matters that much. Yeah. And and that's actually a really important consideration is that they've they've changed the format so it's not just CC. Yeah, that's so, the other news broadcast was that Worlds, they are doing the draft for the first round, CC, day one's draft for like three rounds, uh, CC for the rest of the rounds. The next day is draft and then blitz, and then they go to the top eight, which is going to be CC again. And so people were very upset about the, or not upset, but like really loud about why are you putting blitz in there? And LSS, I think actually I stand with them. Like, I think if you're a world's player, you're like, you should be good at all the formats if you want to exactly. make that don't, cheddar. But other than that, exactly. like, don't, don't get up here and say that you're the best in the world. If you can't play blitz. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, my experience with my locals is the top players always make it to the top. Um, yeah. it, it's hard, especially when you're still grinding your way up there and you think you know all the matchups and the game sense. But, you know, um, all these top players, they have learned the rules for each format and have figured their way around with their meta and their specific deck setup. And they know the matchup with all the heroes. And if they're running an aggro version of this, this is what I do. And if they're running a control version, this is what I do. And all of those different variables and everything. Like, that's, that's truly like top tier playing when you can, you know, actually strategize to that level, no matter what situation you find yourself in, rather than just being like, well, no, this is the one thing that I do. And the rest of you can, you know, yeah, take it or leave it. And it's funny because we're the bottom tier with this the mindset being like, yeah, that's fine. So right? I wonder if the top feels differently. I have no idea, but oh, like, they a hundred percent do. <laughs> You know, once you put like a thousand hours into playing this thing and once you drop the money on like a deck 
to be at you know the really high like competitive levels like you bought your legendaries and you're all like you're set to go it's finely tuned and everything I would definitely be annoyed if they were suddenly like, okay, we're moving the goalpost. Now you got to do these other things too. But I mean, like with Blitz, like we see someone in our local, uh, and even myself, uh, I have a CC deck of Fi. On the day of, I had made a crappy Blitz deck and I had to just deconstruct my CC deck and it was totally viable, you know? So. Really pretty good, actually. Yeah, it's not that bad. I don't, I, yeah, so. Yeah. I like, I like the Blitz ad addition. Uh, next, they just need to add commoner, you know? <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. Global commoner yeah. cup. Let's go. If you want to be good at everything, it's going to be draft, CC, commoner, blitz, ultimate pit fight for the top eight only, and then you will find out who the winner is. Yeah, exactly. That's how you should do it. That's, how, that's how you win worlds. The very last day, the last hour or so. I don't know if I could walk the ultimate pit fight match, but, man, that would be, <laughs> that would be menacing, and you'd be so, like... Imagine sitting at a table and it's like, oh, yes, the person to your left is freaking, I don't know. The only person that came to my mind is like, Yuki. And they're really like, like, oh, no, that's it's the only right. person going to attack. Uh, Damn it. Yuki's so many bites. I just want to see Kano play Chain Lightning three times. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my uh, Lord. That would be amazing. Yeah. But that's that's kind of our two breaking news points is we had the, the thing that Prism should already be LL'd, which... It is what it is. Like it going forward, awesome. And then we have worlds coming up, coming up in November. Uh, I hope exciting. I can go, but I was gonna buy my ticket. Looked at the other ticket of a convention I already paid for, and I was like, ticket. It's on the same day, so I won't be there. Never even mind. Though, even though I'd like to be there, but uh, yeah. So sorry, everyone. I'm still on the bottom. <laughs> if uh, if we had hoped to see uh, the bottom tier live in person at that particular event, sorry, not gonna happen. Sorry. But Kyle, will you be there? Uh, no, but later in life, you will be able to be cruising the world. Yes. <laughs> Words of wisdom oh from the man himself, gosh. everybody. I love that. Kyle Dockham, our good, good friend, friend of the show. Well, before we head into the meat and potatoes of this episode, which is all about uh, someone's secret. We keep it secret for some reason. Oh, we, we, we got to build that hype. We got to build that. You don't know what it is, but they involve it, arrows. It, uh, it, it goes in the trailer. This week only. This week only. On the bottom tier, <laughs> one man spills all his secrets. Oh. Uh, <laughs> before we go there, uh, we have a segment uh, called Lessons Learned. Lessons Learned, everybody. Lessons Learned. What have we learned this week? And so, Kyle, since you're a special guest, what Lessons Learned is, we'll kind of explain it to you, is kind of as we played games this last week, what is something that made you be like, ah, I am a better player now, or I forgot about this, or I learned this, and, and this makes me a little bit better as a player? Um, so, in the last week, I've basically learned that I love metadecking too much. <laughs> okay. You want to explain that a little bit more? Um, yeah, so every week I go out to my locals, and I, I generally bring like a pet deck or some sort and typically it's Icelander. And um, somehow I always manage to get matched up against all the illusionists. And so uh, I've really been enjoying just kind of like piecing a hate deck against illusionists. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yep. Oh, I love it. So is that a good lesson? Um, no, it's not a good lesson, <laughs> but uh, I've been enjoying learning like a lot of more ins and outs when it comes to Icelander, um, especially in the 
Jeremiah matchup because um, you can always be dealing at least one to five arcane damage throughout their turn and shut down their turn immediately. Yeah. No, I was I was versing as a Jeremiah against the Icelander in a sealed format. And I was, it made me all of a sudden be like, I can't really attack with dragons because they're just going to instant kill the dragon that's attacking. And so now I have to just play a turn differently and like be focused on like, all right, I'm going to just gonna start hitting you hard for no reason over here. And then you're going to forget that you want to attack my dragons because <laughs> it'll instant somewhere else. So it was just playing that mind game of trying to, f- try to force the Icelander to attack me before I use my dragons. Got to play those mind games sometimes. Yeah. So it's very interesting. I like that matchup. Uh, cool. Uh, Greg lessons learned. Anything? Oh man. Uh, yeah. The, the biggest thing for me this last week is, uh, Oh man. Don't believe people when they tell you that a hero is bad. Really? Yeah. I, uh, so I, I, I've, I've only played ninja like three times in my life. Yeah. Uh, the very first game of flesh and blood I ever played was with an IRA welcome deck. <laughs> We uh, sucked so bad at it. Uh, oh, we were we were we, we were off at it. We were like trash. Yeah. Uh, didn't understand how go again worked. Didn't understand how combo worked. Didn't understand how resources or pitching or anything actually worked. It was great. It was a beautiful learning experience. Uh, and then uh, I played Fi once uh, in a in a limited thing, and that's pretty much been my experience. But so I was going through. You know, I'm, I'm going on this. If you haven't checked out the last couple episodes where we talk about this Odyssey I'm on, uh, trying to find a new hero for uh, for constructed, please go check out those episodes. They're real. Uh, they're real bangers, guys. Um, but I've been on this whole Odyssey <laughs> trying to find a new hero since my beloved Chain got Living Legend yep. out of constructed, um, and I'd been kind of avoiding Ninja for a while since. I don't actually know why. It just didn't really appeal to me. But then I decided, you know, a, a few days ago, screw it. I'm going to build Ira. I'm going to go to this commoner thing that we do each Tuesday, and I'm just going to have some fun with it. I'm going I'm to see what happens. And as I discovered, Ira is actually pretty damn good. Yeah. Where, you know, the sort of the prevailing idea is like, oh, well, you know, ninjas are, you know, ninjas, ninjas are good, but they're, they're held back by lack of ability or their weapons are weak or something like that. Like, it's, there's always some reason why they're not as good as other things until Phi comes along and everyone's just all crazy about Phi. So nobody's looking at Ira or Benji. Pour one out for Benji. Poor Benji. Yeah. Um, I guess no one talked to me about ninjas because. They scare me. There, there's a local You're guy right to be afraid. There's a local guy who runs a katsu deck that's so clean. All he needs is a single hit trigger of one damage, and he will pull out thirty damage that turn. And see, like when, when people talk about ninjas in like laudatory ways, it's it's always fine and katsu. Fi Katsu. If you're not talking about Fi, then you're talking about Katsu and vice versa. But nobody ever... And they're the only CC ones right now. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Nobody CCs, you know, fake CCs like Ira or Benji or anything. They don't have old versions, so you can't. But whatever. You understand what I mean. Um, But so I go to this thing, and I'm I'm having a great time. I'm doing well against these guys who are, you know, super high-ranked, like, nationally. And, you know, we're, we're getting out like 1-1, one, 1-2 one, one, sort, of, sort of games at the very end. So, very, very good time. Really enjoyed it. Might look at actually building a Blitz around Ira. Oh, nice. Yeah, because nice. I, I, I really enjoyed it. So, i got to test it out a little bit more, see if I'm actually all in or not. But don't listen to people when they, say, when they say something is bad, guys. Like, if you're having a good time, if it's working for you, that's all that really matters. Remember that above everything else, it's a game. Yep. You're here to have fun. So have fun. Play around a little mm-hmm. bit. Cool. I uh, Just to kind of 
go off of that, uh, my my lesson learned this week was just because you got the same deck doesn't mean you're going to play it the same. Uh, I uh, had the opportunity to be able to play uh, my commoner dash deck, and I versed someone else that had a commoner dash deck uh, in a different commoner league that I'm in, and uh, they we had the same exact deck, but they are able to see things differently than I was and kind of understood it more. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to do this and they're going to do that. And so I got obliterated with the the same stuff. And it's because like my thought process is different. And so I had to adjust my deck to be a little bit different than the one I like saw pre-constructed or theirs. It might even been their list or whatever that I copied. (laughs) Who knows? But like we all see something different and see something of value. And so like I always saw like, for example, Phi, Phi decks are out there. And when I do the mirror match, some of them are running like minimism with like uh, like the blue minimisms and the littles and all that little stuff. Minimism. And I just like, my brain doesn't work like that. I think that's a waste of time. And like, I understand the pitch wicket, whatever, but just make sure your deck always has a blue card in it and you're good to go. And, and uh, I like running rise from the ashes because I'm able to pop off like different combos a little bit faster and, and things like that. And so like, I'm realizing like my deck's becoming more me, which is very weird. So that was my lesson learned is like you put your spin on like copy a list. You're going to eventually do your spin on it because your brain is works a little bit differently and it will. And if you pass it to someone being like, Oh, you can play this. You can be like, Oh, this is not good. And really <laughs> like, like, they won't understand what you're trying to right? do for and Like really frankly, yeah. that, that that's the coolest part of like, trading or collectible card games like in mm-hmm. general for me is that there is that aspect of putting your own brand on it of it actually being you know yeah. my deck not just the deck if you know what i mean yeah um it's just it's, ah, it's so cool it's 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 a small act of creation yeah i think that's what gets me into meta decking so much because i i just you know i really enjoy hitting my head against the wall um, and then I <laughs> takes all kinds. I'm just trying to figure out, you know, how can I break this wall? Because once I break it, it's phenomenal. Everyone <laughs> around me is just like, "Oh my gosh, you how broke did he the do wall!" That? And that's that's a nice feeling to know, you know, what you've been crafting and creating actually can be effective in certain different ways. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But that actually is a phenomenal opportunity now to pivot into the meat and the potatoes of the episode guys we asked kyle here for a very specific reason uh kyle is one of the very few people who i know who actively plays mascot of the show queen of the bottom tier azalea herself and we brought him on today to talk a little bit about azalea to talk a little bit about his deck building strategies, what attracts him to the hero, like the whole nine. So Kyle, you want to start us off? You want to just like, why Azalea? Well, um, I I really like her gambling side of her mechanics. Like in card games, every character has risk. There's RNG built into the deck. It's just the nature of the game. Yeah. Back there you're drawing. There's just RNG there. But then Azalea is like, Hey, let's, let's up the ante here. And let's, draw again on top of that (laughs) (laughs) more chances for things to go wrong or more chances for things to go right yeah and so i i think that's what happened initially is that i got this positive feedback loop from doing just very silly things that ended up doing insane things (laughs) this is stupid oh my god it worked yeah exactly um but then 
But then I kind of got out of that high because then reality set in. And you didn't win very often. And Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I love Azalea. She's so bad. But yeah. Um, I think Azalea is great, but like there's just some, like that's why you're here is we want to talk about how we can get Azalea past it. Like I think Azalea is a great hero and my favorite moments has been like I'm down to one HP. They're down to one HP and I have, I have no cards that can make me opt anything on the deck. And I'm like, Oh, I got this card that I can't really pay for. Uh, like I have one resource, but this costs two or whatever. Like it's time to risk it all. Use Celia's power move, and if you hit it, you feel great. Like you're like, got it, got the one HP down, blah blah blah. But more often than not, you're not gonna hit it. And you're just gonna sit there going like, that was cool though, right? Uh. Yeah. <laughs> if that had gone well. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, what I what I enjoy the most is when I choose not to, and then I draw, and I see what could have happened. <laughs> <laughs> this could have been so much better. You, you're so lucky I didn't use her power this turn. You're so lucky. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. That that lost me a top eight in a road to national. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, it was a good experience, and I was just like, it's not worth the risk, but it was. And see, lessons learned, everybody. Something to be taken from every single match. So, Kyle, walk us through a little bit sort of how you play your Azalea. Like, do you go, like, super aggro? Do you go more control? Like, how how do you sort of control the flow of things in order to maximize what you have? So, Azalea is just a highly disruptive champion. In a lot of ways, she is similar to Bravo in that she's able to dominate very tall attacks that have hit effects and so a lot of her game is just trying to get those hit effects off and so a lot of ways you can do that is either by baiting the opponent into over blocking in which then you could punish them for over blocking mm-hmm. by choosing not to go extra tall and then just for their next turn they're not going to be able to swing as high yeah, they have one card in hand and nothing an arsenal or whatever exactly yeah and then her other play style that you could go for is just how many combos can you get off? <laughs> um, I've I've had some crazy turns with like endless arrow um, dealing like thirty five damage. Well, <laughs> oh, that's that. insane. Um, yeah, it was great. Um, however, I still lost the game to Chain. <laughs> <laughs> See, that that that's because Chain's the best hero. Everybody. Hmm. Yep. Is the OG that was a band. moment of silence for Chain right there. Yeah, it was a small we, uh, little. We took a moment and poured one out for the homie. Exactly. <laughs> we were all just quietly sad for a moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, so so you've 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 got this big like aggro stuff. You you really hit it hard. Um, there's that element of risk and chance in there. And so so Azalea really for you is more about, you know, the big risk, big reward sort of gameplay style. Yeah. I like the randomness she adds into. A lot of times I like to leave a card in my arsenal slot. It can be like a really good card, like Rain Razors mm. or just any tall card. And then I'll go ahead and just use her ability to put it on the bottom of the deck, get something new and see what that is. Recycle a little bit and hope that something good comes up. Exactly. Either that or just see how that changes your game plan for that turn. Because like you, you basically hit the hit the nail right on the head. Uh, that RNG is built into this. You shuffle, you draw, you hope that you get. You know, you you have a finite pool, obviously, because your deck only contains so many cards. But what you're going to get, God only knows. Um, 
So how how do you feel that like adding in the additional randomness on top of that sort of affects how uh, how the deck performs? Because really, like a, a measure of consistency is really like necessary for something to break out of the bottom tier, uh, which is a thing that I don't think either Matt or myself contain. Uh, we are inconsistently consistent like we're we're really good or then we're, then we're really bad azalea just kind of hangs out sort of at the bad side of things so how, how much of that do you think is like people not leveraging the mechanics well enough or the addition of the additional randomness in there kind of messing up her ability to consistently sort of you know play a certain way and have that kind of effect so azalea is a lot like leviah currently um in the sense that there's a lot of mechanics that just, uh, you have to spend the time to learn. Um, yeah, very, very tricky to... There's, the def, there's definitely a curve to get into it. Yeah, and so it's all about just kind of honing what kind of choices do you want to make currently and how that's going to affect the rest of the turn. Um, like with the card in Arsenal, I'll leave if for some reason, you know, when I'm going to pass my turn, if I have an arrow in hand... Um, I put that card into arsenal, draw up, depending whether or not I have like the non-attack actions that I need, mm -hmm. or if I have another arrow in hand, if that card has go again, um, plays a lot of big influence on what I might do next. Because if it doesn't have go again and it's an arrow, well, now I can't use death dealer efficiently because it will not fill up that slot unless yeah, it, just, it just completely wrecks your entire rhythm exactly so then i would use her ability to take it out so then i can at least draw another card hopefully i don't get another arrow back into the slot but if i do then it's a dominate and then if i have a plus three card that's pretty decent turn plus three plus dominate like that's just that's just solid you're, you're gonna do some damage that way pretty much regardless either that or get a bunch of armor off of people right exactly which is its own perk mm-hmm Indeed. So, so a, a very busy deck, I guess. There's a lot of different things to kind of keep track of in addition to the standard, like, yeah, how am I running out of deck? Do I have resources for this sort of thing? Um, and then it's kind of, and I'm totally like stealing no, go the for show. It. I just, yeah. I, I have questions. No. Um, and then like Ranger itself requires you to look at the game in kind of a different way than most other decks do because you are so reliant on the arrows, playing them out of the arsenal and all that kind of thing. It's just like layers on top of layers on top of layers. Um, so especially like compared to some of the other heroes that are fairly complicated, like your wizards or whatnot, um, how do you think that like Azalea specifically, but Ranger, I guess, in general, um, kind of stack up in terms of like ease of learning versus ease of mastering versus how rewarding it is to put that time and effort in? I, I would compare Azalea to probably like, I want to say probably to chess. Super easy to learn. Learn the fundamentals. Ridiculously hard to master. Yeah. Because um, I, I feel like with Ranger having to deal with the Arsenal slot all the time, it's almost like playing Kano, but you're not just specifically focusing on what you're Kanoing. It's also just every single card you play. Mm. Uh, which you know Kano players do also. But Yeah, but, it, but the, the context changes a little bit when you're like exclusively like you cannot play this card unless it's from this place 
I can see, kind of see what you're saying, Greg, because every time I have verse like you, and we also have uh, Marshall in our local area who plays uh, Lexi a lot, which is another ranger. Every time I play Azalea or Lexi or rangers in general, every card put out onto the field just feels like it's a momentous like move. Like it, it's like there is a thought behind here that's like bigger than you could imagine and this is just like one solid thing because with phi like sure there's a little bit of that but it's not it's just like i'm just going really really wide and there's not a lot of thought except for maybe the order of this wide the, turn the, so that i can get the, the thought full basically is i need to build links so that i can get this rupture off and get most of the damage uh no but yeah so but like yeah. you understand what i, I mean, know what you're though. saying yeah, yeah right that's like the basic of it but like with ranger it's like i'm playing this card and this card is everything you need to worry about right now because I'm either tricking the crap out of you to be able to move king here, <laughs> to move king here. Like I like the chess analogy, move king here so I can then come in to do checkmate, or like it literally like it's either a smokescreen or it's not, and it can change everything. Like and Azalea does, has a lot of effects of like I'm going to take away your ability and all that stuff just to scare you to be able to stop. But what's interesting is, like, for some reason, Lexi is getting all those points. Azalea is not. Why? Why aren't we seeing Azalea get those points? Like, what? what is stopping this ranger from doing that? Because it feels very disruptive when you've risked Azalea, but yet, at the same time, it's getting stomped on. Like, it feel, like when I was versing you, I was like, I don't know if I could win with Fi, and then all of a sudden, it's like, I... I won somehow. Like I didn't feel great about it, but like at the same time it was like, yeah, um, it felt like I was losing the whole time. I think with, uh, Lexi, she has a couple more options, uh, specifically with her ability. She might not be able to get dominate right away, Mm -hmm. but a lot of her ice arrows have fusions to give dominate or the card itself will give dominate on fusion. So, um, she has so much access to go again. You'd be able to flip a lightning card. Yeah. Play the lightning card, have go again, load up an arrow. Maybe that arrow has go again. If not, just load another arrow. So your next turn, you're going to have two more arrows going out. Okay. So that's the difference is Lexi is able to have more go again. Yeah, I think so for right now. And her access to ice is really nice because... She can go a little bit more control and still have access to like the ranger control cards like poison the tips. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't think I've seen too many Lexis running that, but you know But it's there. It's an option. Yeah. So battlefield control is what it comes back down to, whether you're going super, super fast and keeping them all the momentum on your side, mm-hmm. or whether you're utilizing like the ice or something in order to slow the opponent down. It's always about maintaining that momentum. Yeah, and I think right now, Azalea, the biggest issue is that a lot of her attack cards um, drop off on damage level very quickly if you're trying to go for a higher pitch value, especially into more controlling matchups Yeah, where you're going to need to be able to pitch your way out of it. It can be kind of rough. Interesting. So how I like how do we get... Azalea off of our logo. If if you if, if you could make one change to Azalea <laughs> to bring her up off of the very very bottom bottom, yeah, what would you change? Are you, uh, change add just, something just new. for the just for the audience out there. We want to hear the paper. 
Kyle's holding a piece of paper. He's been holding this mysterious I, paper the entire and time. And I think that's the, what we're asking. I think, I, I think we finally, so finally I don't think it. we say one, what needs to happen to make a zillion at the top? Um, well, I, I think right now it's, if traps could be updated so you could defend from hand with traps, but maybe like reduce the amount that they deal. So that way it's more fair, but you know, it's not a dead card in hand because the biggest deal is traps are nice, but unlike defense reactions, like once they're in your hand, they're just dead weight. Yeah. You can pitch them off and hopefully you can pitch all of them off before the end of your turn. But um, if not, you're going to have to find a strategic way to like, you know, have it in your arsenal, but not have it interfere with your arrow plan. Um, and I, I built a whole deck around that with Azalea, which was kind of interesting where I was using new horizons and then just loaded up all the traps for a blitz deck. And, uh, just a key few choices of arrows, like battering bolts and then a couple overflexes. And I think uh, released the tension because I was using, um, I keep forgetting the bow name. Um, Death dealer? No, no, no. It's the one that gives plus one and denies mm. defense reactions. Dreadbore. Dreadbore, yeah. Yep. I don't know the bows. Yeah. Um, and it was really good for a while, um, but I had to drop all the traps and go for generic defense reactions because they just weren't doing it. I, I was running into t- times where during my turn, all I had was traps in hand <laughs> and maybe a couple non-attack actions and no arrows. And I was like, well, um, I can defend for eight from my arsenal, but if they go any wider than that, I, I have to take all of the damage. I'm in big trouble. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. So you think maybe like in reintroducing the trap mechanic to be able to allow you to use them from hand would be very beneficial. Yeah. Um, if they had like an armor piece that allowed you to do that and then was like, hey, all of the traps that are played from Arsenal get plus one defense, I'd be pretty hyped about that. That could work. Like, like honestly, I like you, that change. You, you don't even really need the equipment. You, you just errata it. They just put it, they put out an errata. You know, all traps have a minus one or whatever when played from hand, but you can play it from hand. You just tweak the rule set a little bit. That or, but I like your idea of giving a ranger a chest piece too, right? Yeah, I like that. Like that could be. I mean, the one of the other hype things that's got us excited about Azalea, like we didn't mention the news, is they did announce. Uh, in another podcast, she's Red's on Red, getting some support. She's getting a support thing, so that could be it, which would be very exciting to see. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm very excited to see what kind of options LSS is going to pick for Azalea because I, I feel like any card they add is going to dramatically change her gameplay. Yeah, that's exciting. So traps is a big thing. What else do you think could make Azalea go up? Well, I think right now what would be interesting is if there was an answer for armor. Um, maybe not to the sense where it's like you can't play any armor, but maybe the, an arrow that specifically says armor effects are negative one on block. Mm, if it hits or something like that. Yeah. Well, when, during the block phase. Oh, I see. Oh. So like, okay. So because that helps get rid of like 
Carrying husk, for example, even though it's used yeah. once, it'll be five instead of six. The the biggest hurdle I've had currently is room blades being able to block six. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> they can fridge you out. I mean, uh, Fi could do that too. Oh yeah, yeah. We got the. We can use a. All of it. I don't know what to call it anymore. Shuko mask and Shuko mask and flame scale. Flame scale. Yeah, I forget the name of the flame scale for some reason. It's kind of a generic name. Really great card. Beautiful art. Generic name. Generic name. So going past armor. Okay, I like that. So if Azalea can use traps, armor. Anything else? Um. So I'm I'm thinking about some sort of new specialized bow for Azalea. Um, not that Lexi shouldn't be included, but she does have her own exclusive bows. She does. Yeah. A couple um, of them at this point. Yeah. Shiver, Shiver and Voltaire. Yeah. 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 So it would be nice for Azalea to have like a defining bow. Maybe not something that's going to be like a cure all, but you know, something she could bring up into certain matchups that would differentiate her from Lexi. Yeah, kind of like how the new wizard staff that came out like is really good with Icelander, and but the waning moon is even like Icelander's main deck. It's cracking Aether Rain. So like if they did like a generic common bow or something like that that could be used would be really cool to see. Yeah, and so that brought into my idea of what if a bow had a generic attack action that you could play oh, that once would be, per that turn? That would be phenomenal. Like actually. what? Uh, Maybe a one for three. Nothing too crazy, but... Oh, like a normal weapon, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of having to load the bow with the arrow and then use the arrow to shoot, and then the bow doesn't actually do anything except load the arrow. Oh, interesting. So what if... But you can... But you can already kind of do that with Azalea if you wanted to. Like, it also has loading properties, too. Yeah. So it would have its own separate attack action that could be used. Okay. as, As an option. So it's like pay one to load up whatever pay two to use the attack action yeah and it's like a once per instant or something like that yeah i I think the once per instant would be nice just that way you know if you had extra mana or not mana uh, resources that turn you could totally play it um and just in case a wizard is trying to go over the top of you you can shoot them back (laughs) i do like that idea because if you do the once per instant like per turn instant like a waning moon or whatever right uh, you could use your trap, and that counts as like an attack kind of, right? Um, possibly. Most traps no? only uh, block physical like, damage, not arcane damage. Maybe a trap that allows you to play a card from your hand as an instant, like arrow, an insert arrow and shoot it. <laughs> so like the, that's the card, insert arrow and shoot it. <laughs> insert arrow and shoot it, and so you have this trap that's like, and you're like, well, that'd be kind of cool. That oh, was yeah. the best arrow sound. That's, that's exactly the sound that it makes too. That's brilliant. That's the arrow's name. Yeah. <laughs> um, then I was also thinking maybe rangers need an aura. Mm. Of well, some rangers sort. could definitely use an aura. I'm, I'm not entirely sure what I would consider for the aura. Aura of Hawkeye. I I had been thinking maybe like once per like cat traps where like the ranger had placed a trap and once per turn, if an action is played, they take one damage. Oh, I like the cat traps. That's good. I was Just also thinking of, of like, chip in there. I was thinking of like, uh, like rangers, hunters, kind of like uh stealth, like some sort of like 
Yeah. Scent of the beast. <laughs> Scent of the beast. <laughs> like, uh, it's too good. Something along the lines of maybe negating, <laughs> yeah, negating some damage or like, uh, it costs like an extra, everyone's first attack costs an extra pitch or something like that. Opponent must pitch one resource or cause they're searching for you. Exactly. Discard a card or something. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That is good stuff because we do see auras with Lexi. Yeah. With Channel League Frigid. We we really see auras with basically everybody at this point. Like yeah. Chain's whole thing revolves around running auras, uh Prism, you know, spectral shields are auras. Um Fi and Dromai ha- or Dromai has like burn them all and things like that. Yeah. So like But Fi no, Fi doesn't really no, no, no. see I caught myself that time. Yeah. I don't play Fi, everybody. Ooh. You should. Um should do like a decoy trap. That might be. Ooh, I like that. Right? Oh decoy. man, as 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 like an ally or something. Oh, kind of like prism. Yeah. Yeah, and like the guardian, except it's a decoy. Yeah. I actually that could be real. That good. could do it right there because it's just like you're forced. They forced to hit the decoy, and then that ends their turn. Um. Yeah. I mean, I'd be okay with them having go again. It'd just be nice to waste like one of their attacks. I mean, if they've already done it for prison, they just might as well do it for Zillion. Right. It's, yeah. It's okay. That that's true. Zillion needs to. Yeah. Be, be top tier now. Yeah. I mean, if, as soon it's as they so do that, easy. as soon as they do that, everyone's gonna play Azalea. But yeah. 100%. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hundred oh, percent. Yeah. Yeah. But decoy. Decoy. Mm. It's pretty good, guys. We just fixed Azalea. <laughs> yep. Well done, gentlemen. I'm proud of us. I want the decoy to just be a log. With like a wig of Azalea, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a crudely painted little smirk on it, or something. <laughs> it's it's her look. It's, it's smirking angrily at me. And the card's name is Wood Bay. Yeah, <laughs> accurate. That's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. So, Kyle, uh, what's on the paper? I that was oh, it. that was that was just list of all the things I think Azalea could get. Um, <sighs> We did get it. I know. That's what I'm saying. I feel so good. Yeah, we got it. I just I just needed the confirmation. All right. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I could think is an arrow that when it hits, it buffs other arrows. Oh, that's good. Like like each other arrow you fire this turn gets like plus two or something. Well, I was, I was thinking just plus one because Ranger does hit pretty tall and that could get pretty oppressive fast, especially with Rain Razors being in the game. We want it to be oppressive. And they have that again with Lexi. Yeah, well, um, I've, I've had turns against Lexi and there was this one time where the Lexi player had revealed that they had Rain Razors on the table and next to it was Endless Arrow. So, um, you know, immediately I'm into the meta game where it's like, do I use two, three blocks to block this? But they have four more cards. Um, so I did the logical thing because I don't want to overblock. I know I'm going to take some damage. Yeah. And depending on how many cards I have, I don't want to like blow my entire hand and not be able to return anything. So I don't block and uh, immediately regret it because they revealed <laughs> that they had another rain razors. Um, oh, that's delightful for eight damage. So that came back to them and it's Lexi. So it has to go again. Yeah. Um, they, they send it out again and I'm like, okay, this time I'm going to block with my full hand because it's eight damage. And I had like just enough to block it all. 
they lightning press it. And so it comes back to their hand. And then they shoot it again. And I'm just like, I, I have nothing left. Nothing left. And then it comes back to them. And then they use their bullseye bracers. That's what we call a chain, everybody. And that is why we're talking about this, right? Like, if Azalea can do that, I think Azalea would just well, be the best ranger. Azalea has opportunities to do that, but Lexi can do it much more consistently. So, like, one of the ideas that I had was, like, something that makes New Horizon work. Because, like, you can't really use it with Azalea, but you can use it with Lexi. Uh, more efficiently like you can use it with azalea like you've just proved it with the traps i like that idea a lot I never even thought of that but also like with lexi with voltaire it makes a lot of sense because they load twice be able to get that trip effect by flipping lexi's ability card over automatically be able to do that insert another thing give it go again like you're able to do all that stuff and like Azalea does need something like that. So a bow, like a bow that allows you to be able to shoot twice, two arrows could be able to help with that in my opinion. But, uh, like, but also that's just kind of like giving Lexi another, another arrow bow that they could use to shoot two arrows. So no one would really jump off that. I have no idea, but like, I think that could help with the situation too. I was just using more of that arsenal space. Definitely. No idea. But I think we have really good, this is a good spice because if we have all that stuff and be able to see like what the reveal is, especially like an armor that could help Azalea only. What about specialized armor? It's like, this is only for Azalea. Specialized armor would be amazing. Like it, it would suck, but it would also be amazing. That'd be interesting. I, I think it's going to come down to that. Um, mainly because of room blades. Um, not, not that, not that, Rune blades don't need oh, armor. No, 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 it's it's always the rune blades' fault. I get it, but the the reason why <laughs> carrying husk is somewhat fair is that it just it's a shadow card, and so not all the rune blades can run it. Well, the other things that make carrying husk fair is that it destroys itself if you fall below X amount of life, and it does damage to you after you use it. So I mean, but but imagine if Viscerai could use it. Yeah, it's kind of terrifying. Yeah, honestly, yeah. that's scary. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe he will. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, they, they do say... I mean, there has to be a new Shadow Runeblade. Yeah. It has to be. So, will this be coming out with the next set? God, I hope so. I don't think so. Well, actually, never mind. Because, I mean, the Runeblades... The Runeblades won't, but... Well, the, their story is in Volcor, though. Like, the Runeblades... The Shadow Runeblade with, with Viscerai and Chain yeah. are in Volcor. So, potentially. And also, the other news... We didn't even talk about this. Since we're on the topic, they yeah. revealed the next hero, the Emperor. Oh, the Emperor. Yes. I'm ready. Does he shoot lightning from his hands? What, what do you think he's exactly. going to be, Kyle? What do you think he's going to be? Well, um, I don't know. They keep alluding to a wizard that they wanted to release with Arcane Rising or the, with the original set, but they were so afraid that it was going to break the game that they didn't release it. So now that the game's been broken a couple of times. And so um, I, I, I'm i not terribly concerned, but um, I'm, I'm, sure it, I'm sure it'll be a balanced hero and a lot of fun to play. I like that take. I'm excited. We we do see in the art that he has a sword, so a lot of people are speculating God, that, he's, that he's a room blade. 
as well. Maybe also Runeblade. If, if he's a Draconic Runeblade, uh, that's what I'm playing. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm aware. Yeah. Or uh, he's a wi- mixture of two, because I do think he's going to be a wizard. But uh, yeah. Well, Kyle, thank you for coming. I think we're going to end it. Yeah, I think that that's going to about do it, everybody. Yeah. Well, Kyle, thank you for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. Oh. We really appreciate it, man. We had a great time. I had a good time. Did you, you think, have a good time? Yeah, thanks for letting me rant about azalea for a couple minutes oh i I joined the cult before it was popular (laughs) (laughs) um is there anywhere or anything you want to push people towards uh that you want to shout out or anything social media projects you're working on anything like that favorite Um, charities perhaps i don't have anything that i'm currently working on um you know obviously um check out people's extra life streams you know they go to charity and you also get to watch people play video games. So just in case if you're not able to do so, you can at least watch someone else have a good time. I love that. I Excellent. love that's one of my favorite times. Uh, is that go- that's not going on right now, is it? Well, I think they have um, streams that happen all year long. Right. It's just whenever the partner or whoever uh, Twitch account wants to just do it. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, and also they always have like a week, an extra like week. Yeah. And that's like my favorite week to like be on Twitch and watch because God, some of that 100%. stuff is just insane. So hope maybe we can get some flesh and blood extra life. <laughs> That'd be fun. Commoner <laughs> Speech. Oh, Commoner Cup Extra Life. Yes. Yeah. We have goals here that Kyle's just set for us. Guys, as always, uh, follow, subscribe, all that type of stuff. Kyle, again, thanks for being on the show. It's a pleasure. And thanks for joining the bottom team. Absolutely, guys. Thanks so much. I'm Greg. I'm Matt. And we will see you next time. Thanks again. Have a great rest of your day.